Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Sorianis. I'm your host. I'm a third Don Blackfelt and I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine. Taekwondo Life Magazine is a member of the Believe Sports Network. Believe is the number one sports and podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Today I wanted to talk to you about something that is coming to a program that is coming to the CW on April 7th, premiering on April 7th, and it is a new television show. I'm going to talk about some interesting aspects, some interesting dynamics relating to it, but it is a new reimagining of a, an old television show, and that is Kung Fu. Now, for those of you that don't know, and we'll talk a little bit about the end, about some of the weird permutations and Bruce Lee and how all this sort of ties together. But for those of you that don't know the original show, uh, people of my age probably are familiar with it. If you look at the great, and talking to people over the, all the years that I've talked to people, the great influences on Westerners and their entry into the martial arts, Bruce Lee, of course, is the number one thing. Enter the Dragon and Bruce Lee is probably the number one influence or impact that I hear from people who get involved as a result of media. But way up there is a television show that appeared for three years, controversial show for a number of reasons, starring David Carradine called Kung Fu. If you haven't had a chance to see that show, if you've never seen that show, you may want to check it out. One of the things that that show is known for is the wisdom of the Shaolin monks. You may have, even if you're not familiar with the show, you may have heard uh, the term grasshopper. Snatch the pebble from my hand. Um, when you can walk on this rice paper without leaving footprints, you'll be ready to leave the Shaolin Temple. That is a show about a half Asian, half American man who goes to live in study the art of Kung Fu. His master is murdered and he comes to the West to escape persecution prosecution, revenge, and the story is basically a Western. It takes place in the Old West about a peace-loving monk that travels the Old West and, of course, is, is met with racism, anti-Asian bias, bullying, all sorts of things that lead him to constantly have to use his Kung Fu skills. Now, the show ended after three years, not because it wasn't popular, but because David Carradine had decided uh, for numbers of reasons, including his 
physical health that he no longer wanted to do that program. Carradine became sort of a beloved, larger-than-life figure, and that became the basis upon which Quentin Tarantino used him as Bill in the Kill Bill movie series. A lot of people aren't familiar with that. They don't know. They may know Carradine or, or know Carradine's visage from the Kill Bill series, but it's really Tarantino's love of old television, his love of the Kung Fu television series that led him to put Carradine into the main character of Kill Bill. In our print magazine, John Kerwin, one of our earliest editions, uh, he had interviewed uh, David Carradine before he passed away, and that interview is uh, in our, our magazine, one of our old print magazines. So now I heard that the CW was recasting Kung Fu, and I was very, very curious who would play David Carradine, who wouldn't play David Carradine's character, how would it play out? How would they deal with the controversies? There were controversies that were related to the original show, some related to its origins, but the other related to the fact that to some degree it's perceived as being racist because Carradine is not Asian at all in his, or was, he's passed away, but is not Asian at all and played someone who was a uh, half Asian. Now, there's definitely some controversial racist origins as it relates to this, because when we talk a little bit later about Bruce Lee, we're going to learn that at the time, 60s into the 70s, it was believed that an Asian American or an Asian of Asian descent either way couldn't carry or hold the audience here in the United States. And as a result, even though the character was Asian, it went to a long line of Caucasian, non-Asian actors playing Asian roles. And to that extent, I do agree that certainly that's racist, certainly that's wrong, certainly in, in the lens of 2021, it's a ridiculous thing. However, Carradine played the role very, very adeptly, and uh, the show in and of itself has a very endearing elements as it relates to exposing people to uh, Kung Fu, to Chinese monk culture, and dealing with issues of nonviolence and exposing anti-Asian bullying, which in today's day and age, with everything that we're talking about in the news, and we'll talk about that at the end of this program, is so important. So uh, as we got closer to the date with which we had the opportunity to screen the pilot episode, which we did, we learned that the show was going to be reimagined. It was not going to be a show featured in the Old West. It's going to be a show featured in contemporary times, San Francisco. The lead character is not going to be a male, Caucasian or Asian. It is going to be a female played by Olivia Liang. And I, excuse me if I butcher the name. And that the show was going to be a very different kind of a show. Now, I had an opportunity to screen the show. The show is not David Carradine's Kung Fu. It is a very, very different kind of a show. However, it is a very family-friendly and fun show on a lot of levels, and it has a lot of positive things that I wanted to talk about. Let me take a moment to give you a word about our latest sponsor, eBay, and whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for at eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair that you've been eyeing. 
With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers of $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your entire collection. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. That's ebay.com slash sneakers. eBay is the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. So let's talk a little bit more about Kung Fu. So you have a young lady, U.S. born, from a Chinese-American family. The show deals adeptly with the fact that in many traditional families, not just Chinese, I'm Greek and Greek-American families and many other immigrant families that are very, very close. Uh, it is a little bit hard sometimes for the American-born generation to sow their own, to find their own way without the interference and the influence of their loving families. So Nikki Shen, the main character played by Olivia Lang, to sow her oats in the sense that she wants her independence and freedom. She, on a trip to China, she becomes and has the opportunity to live and study in a Chinese Shaolin monastery where she learns the art and the techniques and the way of life of Kung Fu. Obviously, that does harken back to the Carradine show, to the original television show. In a somewhat alluded to magical, somewhat mythical, which is different from the original show, Twist, her Kung Fu, sage Kung Fu master is murdered. The monastery is burnt down, and she uses that as the catalyst to do two things. One is come home to her family in San Francisco, and number two, to go on a search for her master's killer. This is the pilot episode. This is what unfolds into what we will expect will be the basis and the catalyst for the entire season. We are introduced to her Chinese American family and we get a sense as to the normalcy of the issues that they deal with. Some that are unique to them, some that are related to being a immigrant American family. The show has a lot of positive value in the sense that, particularly in today's day and age, we've been talking, we did a show in November called The Rise of Anti-Asian Bias in the Age of Coronavirus. Uh, we, we published in our last issue, which was our January issue, uh, our coronavirus year in review. We, we published an article uh, and a, a letter from the Congresswoman Grace Meng about bills that were pending in Congress dealing with anti-Asian violence. And we've seen in the last several weeks, in the last month, a continuation of this. And we see Stop Asian Hate as a campaign movement. And we just, this show is being taped on the heels of a deadly massacre in Atlanta over the last couple of days where six Asian American women were, were brutally murdered by someone for, for no reason at all, it appears, other than their ethnicity. So 
one of the things that this show does, which I love, which is one of the reasons why I want to encourage this show is I think it's important to send a message that we support the Asian American community and we reject violence against anyone, but certainly against our Asian American brothers and sisters. And that this show does a wonderful job, very much like Wu Assassins. Wu Assassins sort of paved the way of just with normalcy showing Asian American families, Asian American characters without any stereotypical um, biases through the lens of just normal people. Yes, is there an impact to the fact that they're Asian American? Yes, Chinese Chinese culture is respected and, and displayed in the show. And there are certain things that Chinese American families perhaps deal with that Greek American families don't, but that's the beauty of it. However, as people, as individuals, whether you're Chinese, whether you're Russian, whether you're Yugoslavian, whether you're Japanese, it doesn't matter. We all deal with the same issues of love and family relationships and the complexities and financial struggles. The other part of the show that I really do like and I really do am encouraged by is the themes of female empowerment, right? The female, the characters in the show, uh, intelligent, strong women, the main character, a significant role, a woman who has the ability to take care of herself and take care of her loved ones, has the ability to fight, is intelligent and feminine and self-assured and on a journey of self-discovery. I love that. And I think that that is a great opportunity to provide positive role models for young women as Taekwondo has done for, for years. I've talked numerous times on, on this show about the changing dynamic of the dojang and about how in our dojang over the years, we've seen this rise of prominent, hardworking women that have come and they are some of the, the, the most prominent figures in Taekwondo today are the hardworking kick A, I don't wanna curse on this program, but kick A women who really, really give 150% in and out of the dojang. So this show does a very, very good job of that. Um, I think that to understand the show, you need to understand while there is a lot of fighting in the pilot episode, there was three or four uh, well-choreographed fight scenes. However, this is a family-friendly show. Unlike Warrior, per se, or Wu Assassins, or other things that you might see that have brutal combat, bloody violence. This is not that show. So to the extent that you may be looking for that, this isn't the show for you. But if you're looking for a show that has probably its share in each episode of decent choreographed fight scenes, martial arts, martial arts action, then this show would be the show for you. I think the demographic of the CW, uh, to the extent that I'm familiar with it, is probably teenage to, to college age people. But it is, like I said, a family-friendly, a show that the entire family could watch. And um, we're looking for interesting things to come out of the, the first season. Now, I wanted to go over a couple of things. I have some notes. I wanted to mention some of the people. I certainly don't have them memorized, so I did write them down. Olivia Lang stars as uh, Nikki Shen. Kang Huan Tan, Shannon Dang plays uh, her, her role very well. Eddie Liu. And then you have uh, Si Ma, who is very recognizable character actor, and he is from Wu Assassin. So um, 
you you will recognize him. He plays uh, the lead character's father, and he has a prominent role in Wu, Wu Assassins. A very very good actor who's been around for a while. Christina M. Kim wrote the pilot episode. Is the executive producer and the showrunner. This is a uh, CW, as I said, but it's a Warner Brothers. And we'll now get into the the final as- aspect of this. We'll get into which is a little bit more complex is it it's a warner brothers television and it's based on the original series which was inspired by ed spielman it's a 60 minute show obviously because of it's it's intended for a commercial network you're going to get about 40 45 minutes of uh television programming and it premieres on april 7th on the cw you'd have to check your local listings and i don't know how that show streams so i'm not sure what availability there is but it, we're now filming in March, and I've seen the pilot, and they're they're promoting it very heavily. So let's talk a little bit about the the legend of kung fu and the legend of the original kung fu, and it, and it's interesting and timely. And uh, in our print magazine, which comes out for April and May, after our review of kung fu, we devoted a little bit of time to this. So the legend has it, and more than legend, is that in 1971 or around. 70, Bruce Lee, who had been in the process of working with Warner Brothers on Enter the Dragon, which was a Warner Brothers release, he had written a treatment, a treatment that was called Assam. That treatment later became called Warrior, and it was about a Chinese immigrant's struggles in the West, the American West, in the 1800s. He talked about it in a famous uh, interview that he did. He talked about the fact that he was putting this project together and the project was presented to Warner Brothers and it was designed for Bruce Lee to star as that main character, Asam. While Warner Brothers showed interest in the project, they ultimately rejected the project and the understanding was that it was again based on this crazy notion that there was no bankability to having an Asian American or an Asian star, because Bruce Lee was not, he was Asian American by um, his adopted home, but uh, certainly he was born in Hong Kong, right? There was no bankability to having a Chinese male lead. It couldn't, it couldn't be sold to the American public. Now, shortly after that, obviously, we saw how ridiculous that was because Enter the Dragon became one of the biggest films in the world starring Bruce Lee. Warner Brothers, together with Ed Spielman, put together a show, a show that to some extent they claim had nothing to do with Bruce Lee, had nothing to do with Bruce Lee's treatment, but happens to be about a Chinese American or half Chinese American man traveling the old West in the 1800s and who uses his martial arts skills as we talked about Kung Fu. So was Kung Fu based on Bruce Lee's? Well, I think it's very, very clear to me that it is, there's a great connection there. However, that has been rejected. Now, fast forward to 2017, 2018. We know Bruce Lee is deceased. Shannon Lee and the Bruce Lee estate decide that they are going to move forward and honor her father's legacy and produce a show and get the green light from HBO and Cinemax to produce a show called Warrior. That show also with an all Asian or virtually all Asian starring cast takes place in the Old West about a Chinese immigrant escaping 
prosecution from China for things that they don't really get into at the beginning and who's certainly trained and skilled in the martial arts. Two seasons appear on Cinemax. This show is phenomenal. It is unlike Kung Fu. It is a brutal show in the sense that it has brutal fights, violent, it's an adult themed show. It's not a family friendly show, but it's a terrific show. The fight, the fight choreography, the acting, um, the storylines are fantastic. The pandemic comes and that show, unfortunately, is canceled. It's canceled because Cinemax decides it's no longer feasible or affordable to continue with independent projects and Warrior gets put on hold. We wrote an article, will Warrior ever see a third season somewhere else? And as time goes on, I haven't heard anything about it. So I'm assuming the answer to that is no. But simultaneously, perhaps due to the interest in that show, perhaps due to the fact that Warner Brothers uh, owns the the rights still to Kung Fu, that is it based upon the popularity of War, Warrior? Is it a coincidence? Warner Brothers decides to re-release and revitalize Kung Fu right after Warrior in this rebirth and reimagined format. So it's interesting. There's an interesting connection between all four projects, all four projects to some degree in my mind tied up to Bruce Lee. Very different projects. And I would say, to be quite honest, if you had the opportunity to see the original Kung Fu, if you have the opportunity to see Warrior, and if you have the opportunity to see the new show, Kung Fu, I would suggest you take a little time to visit all of them. Know what will happen in this season of Kung Fu, whether the season will be as good as, better than, or worse than the pilot, but the pilot certainly did pique my interest. In today's day with the tons of stuff to watch and the easy ability of shows to get lost. Uh, I think particularly for martial artists' families and martial arts kids, this is a great one. Uh, Certainly Cobra Kai inspired and excited a lot of people, but there was criticism over the fact that particularly from the standpoint of language, that it was not fully family-friendly. There were some themes in Cobra Kai that certainly people felt were not appropriate for younger children. I don't think you're going to see that in Kung Fu 2021. So that's our review. Look for our printed review online and in our uh, printed magazine for May, April, May 2021, which is available now everywhere that magazines are sold or on our website. My name is Mark Sirianis. I look forward to seeing you soon and seeing you in the Dojang, train hard, have fun, and be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. The new Super Beats Heart Shoes Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. 
Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeats, B-E-E-T-S dot com and save 15% with promo code DEAL.